Second and one, first quarter. We got work today. We you want me to give you the let them play? I'll give you the let them play. We're down here. We got five seconds left. Defense is up by three. It's third and goal at the five-yard line. Nice throw. Keep letting them play. Let them play. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. And here we go, kicking off hour number two of the show, Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. We'll be joined by Ari Mayroff from the 33rd in a matter of seconds. is my man Ari. It's Ari to Ari. I like it. Ari and Ari. There you go. Ari's calling Ari right now. With me. There it is to make it happen. Not mad at that at all. We threw the question out there on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R, obviously coming off the heels of the Golden Knights championship run and hoisting the Stanley Cup. What would it mean to you if the Raiders – were able to hoist the Lombardi Trophy, win a championship for the silver and black. You know, of course, they've been in Oakland. They've been in L.A. They've won both locations. If they were to come to Vegas, they've been here now, win a championship, what would that mean to you? And also, what do you think that the Raiders could take away from both the Aces and the Golden Knights as they won championships now in back-to-back years? Again, 69187, keyword R&R. That is the don'tbebroke.com text sign. And again, we'll get to plenty of your texts. And we'll also get to your calls. We'll get to calls at about ah, 14 minutes, give a lie or two. We'll uh, make that happen and uh, get your thoughts as well on the different subjects. But uh, joining us on the phone lines in just a couple seconds will be Ari Mayrob from 33rdteam.com. We'll talk all things NFL and uh, get his thoughts on the Buffalo Bills and what they got going on. So as soon as Ari gives me the thumbs up and he gives me the thumbs up, that means that Ari Mayrob, 33rdteam.com, at my sports update on Twitter, is on the phone lines now. And Ari, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. We definitely appreciate you. Let's start off with the Buffalo Bills. I feel like that that storyline is really weird right now when it comes to Stephon digs and he was there he went through a physical then he wasn't there and McDermott was concerned and now he's there and it's not that big a deal what in the hell's going on with Stefan Diggs and the Bills I mean this one has been just super weird and you know like we probably should have noticed it you know after the way the season ended and there's a little bit of stuff on the sideline and he left the locker room before the coaches even got there and some players got there so we should have probably realized Maybe something's going on, especially because this has happened before in Minnesota. But, you know, they restructured his contract in March, which essentially makes it impossible to trade him. So you assume that things are good. You know, they did that restructure, which kind of tells you, okay, everything is fine now. But, yeah, clearly something happened yesterday. Because, you know, you don't just, you know, have a press conference. And coaches, you know, they know how to measure themselves, especially Sean McDermott. The friend to say that he was, quote-unquote, very concerned was telling a little bit. Now, he was back today, and apparently he was there um, earlier this week as well, and according to his agent, Abisa Bakari, um, he came in there yesterday and spoke to the GM and head coach and then left, and McDermott said today that everyone had to take a break. So it tells me, the way I look at it, I don't have this confirmed, but the way it looks like is that he was there yesterday morning, met with the coach and GM, something happened there, whatever it was, and they took a break, and they said, you know what, leave for now, he's absent, and um, we'll continue the conversation later, and McDermott said today, they did, they did talk um, later in the day, and he was back in the facility today on the practice field, and for now, everything is good, but I guess it's probably is worth mentioning that Diggs' history tells us this is one to watch, because you really never know what's going to happen moving forward, whether it be more cryptic posts online, or whatever, so... I think it's on everyone's radar now, but the Bills have done a good job of coming down in 24 hours. 
Yeah, it's weird. It really is a weird situation. As far as Josh Allen, obviously that's who he uh, got into it with on the sidelines when we saw that last game against the Bengals in the playoffs and wasn't getting the rock like he was supposed to. How big of a season do you think this is for Josh Allen? He turned the ball over a ton in 2022. And Ari, I don't think enough people are talking about that. Yeah, it's a crucial year for him, and I think some people have started to pick up on it a little bit. I mean, the one thing I will say about the Bills as a team, and I guess also on Josh, is last year was really, really difficult on them. I mean, starting off with, you know, losing Brian Dayball, who went on to become the Giants head coach, you know, losing your play caller who's been with them his entire career. But there's everything else that happened from the shooting um, at the um, – at the supermarket there in Buffalo, of course, we all know how tight knit that city is. To so the big blizzard, which forced them out of Buffalo, um, and had to play a game in Detroit. Of course, what happened with Demar Hamlin, which was um, took on the biggest effect for them. It was a it was a really tough year for everyone in Buffalo, whether you're a player, the city, everyone involved. So I think that is part of it, and they're just expecting to have a year this year where it's just much more normal, like every other team, without all this other stuff going on. But it is a big year for Josh Allen because, you know, we all look at the Bills, and, you know, entering last year, we all thought that they were the Super Bowl favorites, and they were eliminated um, in the second round. They almost got eliminated in the first round to Skylar Thompson, if people remember. So it is a big year for him, and you look at the AFC and all these other great quarterbacks where, you know, Joe Burrow has made a Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes has won two Super Bowls. These are the quarterbacks that Josh Allen is putting into the category with, and so far those are the guys who are getting their team to the Super Bowl, and so far Josh hasn't. So they've put all their eggs in the basket with Josh, and if you look at the way they've, um, you know, put together this roster and the contracts that they've been giving out, they've basically gone into this two- or three-year window where they're paying a lot of players, they're pushing pushing a lot of money towards the future, and they're trying to win right now. So it is a crucial year for Josh to limit those turnovers and get Buffalo to a place where we all thought they would be at this time last year. Ari Mayrod from the 33rdteam.com is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. I wanted to ask you about the Cincinnati Bengals and the Kansas City Chiefs, Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes. Joey B comes out and says Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league, and he's not wrong. And then his wide receiver, Jamar Chase, comes out and says Joey B is the best wide or quarterback in the league. How cool and how great is this rivalry starting to really you know, build up to between the Bengals and the Chiefs? It's phenomenal. I mean, I love it. I mean, we all kind of, like the NFL, ever since Peyton Manning retired, has been looking for that next Brady versus um, Manning rivalry. And we really haven't been able to find it. We thought it might have been Mahomes and Allen a couple of years ago, and it might still end up being that. But Burrow and Mahomes has become the thing over the last few years. And these two teams, you know, they've had... Um, some great competition on the field over the last couple of years. We all saw the AFC championship game last year between the two teams. Um, this is a legit rivalry, and I think most people would agree those are the two best young quarterbacks in the AFC right now. And, you know, it, it, this is what the NFL is looking for. They want two quarterbacks to be going head-to-head in the same conference every single year the way we once had it with Brady and Manning. I think they finally found it with these two guys. And, um, you know, Burrow's comments, I mean, I kind of respect the fact that he did that. I think most people would agree. Mahomes, he has not the top right now. But Chase coming out, I think it was more of a joking manner. But, mm-hmm. you know, all receivers have their quarterbacks back. And if they don't, then that's going to become an even bigger topic in the new media. So, um, you know, I think Jamal probably was, was joking along a little bit. But he had his quarterbacks back. The quarterback that he played with in college. And now, of course, that's the playoff in the NFL. So um, I'm not surprised that Jamal said that. 
No, I'm not either. I'm not at all. And, and again, that's when that's how you keep getting the ball fed your direction, right? Make sure you keep talking highly about your quarterback like Joey B. And he is one of the best in the league. So uh, there's not too much to take away from that. Again, we're talking with Ari Mayroff from 33rd here on Unnecessary Roughness. Raider Nation Radio 920. And now, Ari, we're paying attention to what's going on with the running back position. Saquon Barkley, Dalvin Cook, Josh Jacobs. Uh, Cook, and, or not Cook, but Barkley and Jacobs have the franchise tag. Uh, how do you see these situations playing out? I heard the Giants put their pre-franchise tag deal back on the table for Barkley. Do you think he ends up agreeing to that deal? Yeah, so it, it's very interesting because, like, the overall running back market is really it, it, it's difficult to get a deal right now. I mean, that's the reality there, regardless of if you're a star player or not. And I did a video on this the other day. I mean, just look at all the running backs who were drafted last year outside of round one and the production that they had in the offense is from Bruce Hall, Kenneth Walker, Damian Pierce, Isaiah Pacheco in the seventh round, Dylan Warren for the Steelers was an undrafted player who was at times playing better than Najee Harris. You have guys like Tyler Algier who had over a thousand yards for the Falcons. It's a supply and demand issue really. There are too many running backs coming to the league every year and they're producing right away. Maybe not at the same level as some of these star guys like Saquon and Josh Jacobs, but it seems they're playing that, paying them far less. And they're like, why should we pay these guys so much if we could get these guys for far less and put that money into other positions? That's really been the issue. And if you look at the highest paid running backs in the NFL, all those contracts were signed in 2020, 2019. Like, the running back market hasn't reset in a while. Like, we see the quarterback market reset every single offseason, the wide receiver market every offseason, the edge market every offseason. The running back market isn't moving. It's stuck. It's been stuck in Christian McCaffrey since 2020. So they're looking at that, like, how do we get it moving? And that's really the big problem right now. When it comes to those two players in the negotiations, the way it usually works with a franchise tag player is you take the amount a franchise tag is right now, $10 million, and the amount it's going to be next year, which will be about $12 million, And that is basically the starting point of the contract extension. So the okay. player should be getting, at the minimum, $22 million fully guaranteed. Now, I don't really know if the Raiders or Giants are willing to do that. And when Saquon told reporters on Sunday at his youth football camp that there's a lot of stuff that's being leaked that isn't entirely true, what he's trying to say is that, yeah, they've offered me stuff that an average annual value is high, but when you look at the overall structure of the guarantees, it doesn't add up to what I'm supposed to be getting, especially in a position where... We take so much damage in our life, um, our um, shelf life as a running back in the league. We all know it's not that long, so we're not getting the security we want. So while if you go on these contract websites, we'll be on the top in terms of average annual value, when it comes to the overall structure and the guarantees, they're not getting what they're supposed to get. And that is really the big holdup when it comes to these running back deals, and that is Saquon's problem. I'm not fully sure what's going on with Josh Jacobs, but when it comes to Saquon, that is a big issue, and that's been the issue for most running backs who believe they've done so much for their team from running to receiving to blocking to being good leaders on and off the field, and they're not getting paid what they deserve. So it's a really big issue in the NFL. I'm not really sure there's any solution right now because teams are just moving on from paying big money to money back. Yeah, and it seems like, you know, everyone talks about, well, change the CBA, change the CBA. It's not that easy, right? The CBA was just signed not too long ago, so the next CBA is not going to come up for what, eight or nine years, maybe ten? Exactly. The, the CBA, I mean, there, there are ways where you could – negotiate stuff between the league and the union. But the way this stuff works is if the union goes to the league and says, hey, we want to change something, and the NFL listens and eventually agrees to something, part of it is now the union is going to have to give something back to the league. 
Like, what is that going to be? You know what I mean? So there's so many different things that goes on when it comes to collectively bargaining stuff that it's not that simple. The next one isn't eight or nine years. The NFL could definitely talk to the union could definitely talk to the league about this stuff, but are you going to change something for running backs in exchange for something something else the NFL is going to want? And, you know, when these two sides start negotiating, those stuff could sometimes get ugly. So it's not as easy as it sounds when it comes to these, these types of things. Ari Mayrow, 33team.com, is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. And I say, Ruff, there's just got a couple more questions for you. DeAndre Hopkins is in New England visiting with the Patriots. Do you think that that's a good fit, or do you think he takes some more visits? Yeah, I mean, I think from all the visits he's done so far, he's only visited a tight end and he has the Patriots coming up, like you mentioned. This is the one that a lot of people are intrigued by. And the reason I say that is because Bill O'Brien is there. And we all know that Bill O'Brien was with the Texans as the coach and the GM when he was there. And he was the one who traded away DeAndre Hopkins for essentially now what most people believe he was worth. So it was clearly because something was going on there between him and DeAndre. So the fact that he is willing to bring him back right now and he would be okay with it tells people, you know, it's, it's kind of telling people what exactly either happened there in Houston or, you know, is, are things better? Because there are a lot of people who are concerned about stuff with DeAndre. I'm not exactly sure what it is whether it's on the field or stuff, um, you know, other, other type of things. But people have wondered what happened there in Houston. And now the fact that Bill O'Brien um, is willing to bring him back, people are like, all right, so is something else going on here? Did we miss something? Is everything fine? So I'm very curious to see what happens there in that visit in New England. Could it just be that Bill Belichick is the one who wants it? Because we've seen some mic'd up videos where Bill Belichick has a great deal of respect for DeAndre Hopkins. So yeah. that visit in particular is very interesting. Um, as we mentioned, he met with the Titans, and there is some familiarity there with Mike Vrabel, who's with him in Houston as well. So for now, he's visiting with teams who um, has had some connections to prior. But we also, when he said on the IMF podcast about the three things that he wants, from the stability of a GM and a head coach, a quarterback who loves the game, and a great defense. He mentioned the quarterback he loved to play with. He didn't mention Ryan Tannehill. He did not mention Matt Jones. And he also did not mention anything about money, which I think will ultimately be the driving force of it. Which team is going to pay him, um, you know, what he thinks he's worth. And um, that's really going to be the interesting part of it, to see which team actually offers him a contract. And we all saw what Odell got in Baltimore, one year, $15 million, up to 18 and a half with incentives. Um, Odell hasn't played in over a year. DeAndre is like, I probably should be getting someone near that. So that's going to be the one thing that I'm really curious about, which team actually offers him a contract that he believes he is worth, um, he is worth in, in the market? Yeah, that's going to be really interesting to see where he lands and see how quickly he gets a contract. If it's wait until training camp, if it's you know sooner rather than later, uh, we'll see what happens. Final question for you. I saw today that there's rookies that are still signing their deal, and I know it's only June 14th, but it just seems like it's a little bit later than normal. I feel like the, a lot of these rookies just get their deals taken care of quick, fast, and hurry. The Raiders even have a couple guys that haven't signed their deals yet. Is it a little bit later than normal, or is, this, or is it just me? Um, usually there are players who are still unsigned by now. Usually it's concerning only if it's still a problem by training camp for the most part, because if it's still not signed by training camp, then all right, what is the holdup? And ever since the CDA changed, I believe it was 2011, 2012, where all these picks are slotted with how much they're going to make. It's usually not much of a negotiation. Things that you could negotiate are essentially, um, you know, the signing bonus and when it's going to be paid out. Um, how much is fully guaranteed, 
He used to be one of the top 20 picks in the draft, signed fully guaranteed contract. It's gotten to a point now where people who are players in the second round are getting fully guaranteed deals. So there are some stuff that could be negotiated, but really, for the most part, all the contracts in terms of how much they're going to make um, over the course of the rookie contract is all slotted, right? right? So there isn't that much to negotiate with, but, you know, these agents are always trying to do better than um, what, what, what happened the year before. They're always trying to move the market a little bit some way, somehow, whether it is with the signing bonus or the overall payout when they're going to get paid. So those are the things that they're talking about. But if a player isn't signed by training camp, like we once saw with um, Joey Bosa was a big one recently, that's when it's usually concerning. But for now, it's, it's not that much of a big deal. There you go. Ari Mayroth, 33rdteam.com, on Twitter at MySportsUpdate. Uh, what are you working on? Uh, you guys do a great job over there at the, at the website. What are you guys working on that we should be on the lookout for? Yeah, so I actually did, um, as I mentioned earlier, we did a, a really interesting running back video about the overall market and how it's become really difficult for running backs to get paid. I actually plan on doing another video with former GMs, former head coaches, and also former players just on the topic. And just to really get their perspective and if there is anything that could be done for running backs to get what, what they deserve. And I mean, we've seen a couple of interesting ideas about is there any way where a running back could become eligible for a new deal after the second year. Again, that is something that would have to be discussed um, with the union and the league. But there has to be something there for them to get paid because a lot of really good running backs are playing for cheap and they're not getting the second contract everyone wants. Another one that I'm kind of working on and should be out tomorrow, actually, is um, I asked a bunch of people around the league, what were their favorite moves this offseason? Um, I put together a nice list of, of a few things with um, detail as to why they believe that. So that should be out tomorrow. A nice little perspective from people around the league about what were the best moves that happened over the last couple of months. There you go. Well, we'll definitely be on the lookout for that. It sounds like a couple of really good pieces that we should check out, and we'll definitely do that at 33team.com. All right, thanks so much, man. It's always great to catch up with you. I appreciate you, brother. Thanks so much. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. There he goes. That's our guy, Ari Mayrod from the 33team.com, my sports update on Twitter. Check him out. Always has a lot of great insight, and I tell you, I say it all the time, but I, I cannot say it enough. They do great work at 33rdteam.com. Just a lot of great contributors, a lot of great information. Uh, definitely appreciate the efforts that they put in each and every day. And uh, you can check out their stuff at the 33rdteam.com. 318 is the time. We'll come back, get some calls, get some texts. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Coming up at 3.30, Vic Tafer from The Athletic. He'll join us as he put out a piece talking about Raiders offseason takeaways, latest on Jimmy Garoppolo, Chandler Jones, Marcus Peters, and more. That's coming up at 3.30. Right now, we're throwing it out there to the phone lines at 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text sign at 69187, keyword r What would a Raiders championship mean to you? This is coming off the heels of the Golden Knights winning the championship and, of course, the Las Vegas Aces winning one just a year ago last season. And also, what do you think that the Raiders could take away what could be their biggest takeaway from the championship run that the Aces went on and also the championship run that the Golden Knights went on? You can let us know that at 69187, keyword R&R. You can always hit us up at 702-365-9200. Now let's take it to the Lone Star State and talk to my guy, Joe, Joe Frazier from Texas. What's up, Joe? What's on your mind, my man? What's going on, Q, man? It's been a long time, brother. Yeah, how you doing, my man? I'm doing well, man. Doing, doing great. I'm going to throw a, a little bit of a championship dig out there because uh, uh -oh. I checked it was the 20th anniversary oh. uh, of, a, of a great greatness. 
uh, love you, Raider Nation, but uh, got to throw that one out there for you. However, I'm, I'm going to go back to a good note because I got to give credit where credit's due. The Knights uh, took care of business. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a Stars guy, being from the Lone Star State. Yeah. We tried to make a run. We made a, a hell of a run, actually. But we came up short. The Knights are big. They, uh, they, they put us on the boards, and they did what, what mattered. They scored. Yep. I mean, you can't, you can't knock them because the guys put the puck in the net when they had to, when their backs were against the wall. They did what they had to do to get the job done. And I got to give them credit. Uh, but uh, there's always next year. The, the Stars are young. Uh, so uh, hopefully we'll uh, we'll see what happens in the regular season, and then what goes on in the playoffs next year. Because uh, all we can do is go up from there. There you go. But, uh, the Knights got a target on their back now, so uh, <laughs> we're coming. I know but, that's uh, I know that's right. When are you gonna come out? Speaking of coming, when are you gonna come out to Vegas, man? Man, I'm I'm, I'm looking at it, man. It's it's, it's looking good. Uh, a friend of mine. It's kind of funny. I got another friend. Her and her husband are actually moving out that way. Okay. Uh, she's gonna take a. She's looking at taking a job for uh, Vegas PD. So uh, okay. it's, 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 it's looking good. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to get out there this summer as my plan because uh, I, need, I need to get away from this heat because it's, it's, <laughs> it's hot down here, brother. We're sweating already. Triple I know. Digits, and you know what that's all about. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's hot and it's humid out there. But, uh, yeah, man, when you get to Vegas, let me know. You know you got a place to stay, brother. Just holler at your boy. I'll always. Hey, one last thing, man. Yep. Uh, I know I know you guys are out, out there kind of on the West Coast type, so y'all may not get a lot of this Central Texas love. But, man, uh, this year, watch out. The the, the Baylor Bears are going to be a dark horse. I'm going to okay. call it now. Okay. I like it. I like it. Joe, it's great to hear from you, my man. Thanks so much for the hey, call. That's my guy. That's, like my, that's my brother Shout right there. The Nation. There you go. Thank you, my man. I appreciate you. That's my brother right there, Joe Frazier from Central Texas. Definitely appreciate him. Let's go hustle up to the phone lines one more time. Let's talk to our guy, Raider Tone. Raider Tone, what's on your mind? Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, Q, man, I appreciate everything you do, man. I hear you on ESPN um, all the time now, man. You're, you're, you're coming up big time, man. It's, it's good to see a local local guy make it big, man. Hey, but I got to keep it 100, man. I don't think the Raiders could take absolutely, and I'm not hating on the Aces or the VKG, whatever they're called. <laughs> they can't take nothing. They can't take nothing from them. I mean, okay. the, the big boy, the big boys is the NFL. That's what moves the world. That's what moves the nation, man. I mean, it's nice for the, you got you folks in Vegas now, man. I sound like my bitter guy from the Bay, but I'm not. It's, um, it's nice. For, it's nice for you guys, but uh, they can't take absolutely nothing. They need a ball out, show out, and come through this year, man. I don't know how it's going to be, man, but we're going to be locked in a little bit more coming in uh, July when, when when training camp opens and see we have with our boy Josh Jacobs and Max. Max got to live up to the billing now. I mean, I I I I, I mean, we talk about Bruce Smith. You talk about Howie Long. Talk about we're putting him in that type that type of conversation. I need to see it on the field for another consecutive year of eleven plus sacks, a couple WFs, of a forced fumbles, at least three. I need to see him a game changer. Then 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 I'll be I'll be in that conversation with you guys. I'm old school man, so um, I'm gonna just keep it on him. That's how it is, Q. That's how I see it from my perspective. And enjoy what, your hard work, man. I really like what you do. Thank you, brother. Hey, thanks for the call, man. And that's what we're here for. We're here to, to hear 
different opinions. I like it. I have no problem with that at all. Great stuff. And, yeah, I, I get it that, you know, hockey is not everybody's bag. And I'm not going to lie and act like hockey is my biggest bag. But being here is fantastic. And seeing them win that championship was fantastic. And like you said, it puts on for the city. I do think, though, that the, the team could look in and say, you know what? That was a well-oiled machine. That was a disciplined machine. Let's go ahead and take some of that discipline away. Let's put a little fire behind our backside and show that we can also be a championship team. I'm not saying that they can, you know, get any pointers from them. It's hockey and it's, it's, it's basketball. It's different sports. But I think that there's something that they could take away. But I do appreciate the call. I do appreciate uh, the feedback. I always think it's great stuff. One more text and then we'll get to Vic Tafer. This is from Dave B in the 757Q. I'm not sure if the Aces and the Vegas Golden Knights championship translate for the Raiders players organization, but one thing is for sure, if they've been paying attention, Las Vegas and the fan base would go absolutely nuts and should put an even more inspired fire in their bellies to go into that situation. That's Dave B. in the 757. 3.28 is the time. When we come back, Vic Tafer from The Athletic will join us to talk about the Raiders' offseason, a little bit of a roundup. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. And I'm worried about you. You're getting old. Huh? Do you guys listen to French Montana? No, you don't. Yes, I do. You're too old. Ask me any song. You're too old. I ain't worried about nothing. Uh, <laughs> I ain't worried about nothing. What you know about this dude, though? Yeah. What's this guy? Is this Wiz Khalifa? It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Raiders head coach Josh McDaniels mic'd up talking about Wiz Khalifa in French Montana. Interesting. Not the subject that I thought I would be hearing when it comes to head coach Josh McDaniels, but there's that. Maybe he's uh, trying to relate to the players just a little bit more. Joining us now on the phone lines to talk all things silver and black and talk about the Raiders offseason is our good friend Vic Tafer from The Athletic. And, Vic, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. I appreciate you. I was checking out your piece. Raiders offseason takeaways, latest on Jimmy Garoppolo, Chandler Jones, and Marcus Peters. So before we get to that piece, uh, what do you know about Fresh Montana or Wiz Khalifa, what, uh, what, what Josh McDaniels was talking about? I'll be honest, man. I know Wiz pretty good, but I don't know French Montana. I'm definitely uh, kind of an old-school rap guy, so I don't know much of the uh, modern-day stuff. Well, I'll tell you, it's funny. As a former hip-hop DJ, French Montana, worry about nothing. That's kind of old. It's not It's not even current, but uh, okay. That was Josh McDaniels, again, being a little bit uh, – he was, he was being the cool dude in the room, I guess. So there's that. But, Vic, let's get to your piece on the offseason. Again, Jimmy G, Chandler Jones, and Marcus Peters. And let's start with that name right there, Marcus Peters. Uh, in your piece, it, it makes it seem like and sounds like that uh, the Raiders are very interested in signing him probably before training camp. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on Marcus Peters? What does he bring to the team if and when they do sign him? Yeah, it brings a tough, you know, hard-nosed veteran guy. I think it would be good for all the younger cornerbacks in the ring. It's a very young group, and you kind of have a hard time trying to figure out who's going to be actually starting from that that uh, that bunch. But I think he's a guy who may not be the player he was five years ago when he was, like, get all the INT returns. But I think he's still pretty good. Definitely a guy who can be an upgrade uh, for, this, for, this, for this team. Do you think that they saw something in OTAs and mandatory minicamp that made them feel like that they needed to bring in Marcus Peters, or is it just they were really interested in him when they did bring him in earlier? Yeah, I feel like they like him. I'm not sure they saw anything that kind of uh, got them scared this past couple of weeks. But for me, I think it's a case where he's a veteran guy. I'm sure he's shopping around. I'm sure the offers he's getting are not probably what he wants. But I think at this point he's kind of figured out where he wants to go. And I think barring anything unforeseen, like a new team jumps in or – Obviously, got hurt. I mean, it was a need that the team didn't have uh, a month ago. I think he was going to come and be in Vegas. Well, in that case, there's not a whole lot, and you pointed this out in the piece, there's not a whole lot of empty roster spots as far as the cornerback's position. How many spots do you think are up for grab if they uh, sign Marcus Peters? 
It's a good question. I was trying to think of how many they would keep this year. I think I, I came up with six. It was my number six, six cornerback. So uh, I think I think Tyler Hall was looking good. I think he's a guy who'll be in the mix somewhere. And obviously Nate Hobbs, the guys um, they brought in. I think uh, so. Duke Shelley. I mean, it's going to be a good uh, good competition at, at training camp. Yeah, it should be. Again, Vic Tafer is our guest from The Athletic, talking all things Raiders offseason. So you brought up Nate Hobbs. I'm interested in Nate. Do you think that he gets more competition or more burn at the outside corner position, or do you think he goes back to the slot? Yeah, my, my read is that, uh, I think Deshaun and I were talking about this the other day, I think he wants to play inside, but my, 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 I think we think he'll be playing, probably pushed outside a little more than he play wants to be. I think they're looking at other guys inside more than him. Okay, there you go. Well, that's going to be interesting. That room, that little competition is going to be something. And the question I asked the other day was about the Raiders and their defensive line. We know that they drafted Tyree Wilson, Byron Young. Uh, they brought in a couple guys through free agency. How much more improved do you think that that defensive line is, at least where it's at right now in June 14th? Well, you hope it is. You hope Byron Young's the impact guy inside. You hope Charlie Jones is more the guy who was at the end of the last year than he was at the beginning of last year. So I think that Tyree Wilson – has all the upside in the world. So you hope they, they kind of click and they can give them all the push inside as well as outside than they did last year. Chandler Jones has lost a lot of weight. Uh, I don't know exactly what he's going to go to camp with. Uh, he sounded like he was very unsure of exactly where he wanted to play. But uh, what do you think they're going to get from Chandler Jones this year? Yeah, I'm not sure. Is that a good thing? I, I didn't watch him last year thinking he looked like he was fat and, and, and slow. I'm not right. sure <laughs> he needed to lose weight. But I guess in his mind, maybe he's leaner and more explosive, but um, he's a smart guy. He knows, I think, what he needs to do. He knows what happened last year. I think he, I'm not sure exactly the reason why he came on strong before he got hurt last year, but he knows he got to pick up where he left off. And I think he's a, definitely a team guy, very popular in the locker room. So I think he and Max uh, should not only play well, but also be a good, uh, good role model for the young guy, Tyree Wilson. How much better can Max Crosby get, in your opinion? If you ask him, I mean, he's, he's working every day to get better. He wants to be the best in the league, and I believe him. You look at every year he's played so far, he's gotten better. So I don't know what the next step would be. Maybe he's going to start uh, bulldozing guys or jumping over guys. Or I, don't, I, mean, uh, <laughs> I don't know what he can do. Let's, uh, he's got that work ethic. And he's a nonstop motor, and he's quick and long. And just one of the top, you know, top 30 players in the NFL. So I think he wants to keep getting better. That's a, that's a credit to him, and also it's great for, for the Raiders. Do you think with the addition of the guys on the defensive line, it can maybe set Max up for opportunities to close more games out and just, you know, when they need that big play, that big sack, that big stop, or that big swat, you know, knock the ball down, can he have more of those kind of impact plays later in the game now that they have a little bit more depth? You would hope so. But I also, I also wonder if teams who are facing him are going to like, you know what, he's the guy who can't let beat us. You know? So I would think it may the other way around. He'll create openings for other guys. They always yeah. have the ball. I mean, the guys inside, maybe Chandler or, Okay, I think as as good as he is, I'm sure other teams come in like that's the guy. Yeah. Can't let ruin the game. So I think you hope he gets some benefit from the, the improved talent on the line, but I think it might be the other way around where those guys are better and they can make an impact uh, on the other side of the, of the line. That That's a great point. I hadn't thought about it like that, but that is a really great point. That's why we have you on the show, Vic. That's why, because you come up with those great little nuggets right there. Again, Vic Tafer is our guest from The Athletic here on Raider Nation Radio 920. There's six weeks until training camp. Is Jimmy G and Tyree Wilson, are they going to be available to start training camp? Everything we hear, Jimmy G should be fine. I mean, obviously, I mean, that kind of tells no, but I mean, it seems like everything's positive. Um, Tyree, I'm not, I'm not quite as sure about. I wouldn't, uh, that's kind of more of a mystery because it's kind of a mysterious, even through the draft process is where it was in his recovery. But I'm confident at some point they'll be able to jump in there. I'm not quite sure if at the start of training camp. 
that's going to be that's going to be really interesting to see when he's available because again I think there's high expectations for one Tyree Wilson Trayvon Merrick I, I want to go back to the secondary real quick how big is training camp for for Trayvon? It is I, I think the coaching staff doesn't really know what to have there I mean, I'm sure they came in and they kind of inherited him and they, they knew he wasn't college but last year's kind of you know adjustment to a new defense so I think he's a guy that would like to have a make a step up this year and then. Probably not sure he can, but I'm sure they definitely look like him, his attitude and his work ethic, and hopefully he can make a jump and be an impact guy for him this year. Do you think that there's a time maybe in, in uh, training camp that the Raiders make a move and, and bring back Jerron Harmon, or do you think Chris Smith could be Jerron Harmon-like? I'm hoping that he is. I mean, I, I really am I'm, I'm kind of fascinated and kind of uh, shocked that Jerron Harmon's not back. I and mean, He was so mm-hmm. good for them last year as far as the locker room, made some plays. I mean, not many guys made plays in defense last year, and he was one of the few that did. Right. And everyone says a great leader, so I can't imagine it's a huge price tag. So uh, probably my bigger surprise this offseason is that he's not back. But at this point, the guy, Chris Smith, a guy who I think can be a similar type player, and we want to give him a chance to run and grow into it. So uh, I'm not sure at this point if Dwight Harmon is back. Wow, that's going to be interesting. I'm really shocked as well that he's not back already because, like you said, he did make plays for the Silver and Blacks defense in 2022. Final question for you, rookie Jacorian Bennett. Uh, they drafted him in the fourth round. Do you think that they want him to get into the mix pretty quickly? Like, is he competing for a starting role right out the gates, or do you think he has to work his way into it? No, I think he's definitely in the mix. I think it's hard to take too much from uh, maybe can't be right last week because it's slow motion and guys aren't really full right. contact. But it looks like he belongs. It looks like he uh, – you see the burst of speed, you see the competitiveness, you see the skill level. So I think he's a guy that ideally uh, can jump right in and kind of earn himself a spot and earn a role in this defense. Raiders offseason takeaways, latest on Jimmy Garoppolo, Chandler Jones, Marcus Peters. That's the piece that is out on The Athletic right there for Vic Tafer and Deshaun Reed. Uh, Vic, thanks so much, man. What are you working on that we should be on the lookout for? Uh, I think we're doing like a 53-man <laughs> roster projection. That's how sick. That's how sick we are. People want that kind of stuff, and you got to deliver it, man. People order, you know, you got to give them what they want. So I think that comes out on uh, Monday or Tuesday. But it's tough because I haven't seen all these guys, and I hate to say guys are going to make it or not make it, but that's where we are, man, in the sports world. You got to put thumbs up or thumbs down really early on. There's no doubt. Six weeks away from training camp, then we'll have an idea of what's going on. But uh, Vic, great stuff as always, my man. I definitely appreciate you, brother. All right, take care. All right, my man. There he goes. Vic Tafer from The Athletic on Twitter, at Vic Tafer. And his piece, again, is out there. Raiders offseason takeaways, latest on Jimmy Garoppolo, Chandler Jones, Marcus Peters. Looks like Marcus Peters is going to be a member of the Silver and Black. I'm okay with that. That's a veteran that has ball production, something that I talked about quite a bit throughout the offseason and want the Raiders to get better at taking the ball away. Uh, I'm a little surprised that they're going to make a move before training camp to go get him unless some team jumps in and just throws some crazy type money at him. But, okay. Go ahead and make that move. That's just going to make that competition for that other corner spot that much stronger. There's some there's some dudes, and I mean dudes. I mean, there's just a lot of dudes, like a lot of bodies there. I want to see who earns those spots, not only on the outside, but also in the slot. Who's going to be the starters? Who's going to be the backup? What's the depth look like? I mean, there's a lot of questions to be had about the secondary. So uh, many thanks to Vic Tafer for sharing some minutes with us here on Raider Nation Radio 920. 3.43 is the time. We'll come back, get to your calls, get to your texts. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Coming up at 4 o'clock, Cam Rogers, Believe Podcast Network, will join the show, talk all things U.S. Open. We'll talk about the PGA Tour. We'll talk about Live Golf coming together, collaborating, what that means, why the commissioner is all of a sudden sick. He's got some medical issues that he's got to deal with. He's not going to be 
at the U.S. Open. Starts tomorrow. We'll do all that with Cam Rogers coming up at 4 o'clock. But right now we're hearing from you, Raider Nation, at 702-365-9200 and also the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. The Aces got it done in Las Vegas. The Vegas Golden Knights got it done in Las Vegas. One of the questions that I ask is what can the Raiders take away from those championship runs from both the Aces and the Golden Knights? What can they put into their arsenal? What can they take away from those two champions as they are on their own quest to try to make it to the ultimate game, the Super Bowl, and bring a Lombardi back to Las Vegas? And also, if the Raiders were to win a championship, what what would it mean to you? It's that simple. What would that mean to you? How would you feel about that? 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick. Talk to my guy, Bill. Welcome to the show, my man. What's on your mind? Hey, Q. So I want to kind of in the line of what you just said, how much pressure is now on the Raiders now that two out of our three pro teams have won a world title? And kind of if the A's do move here, what kind of pressure is now on them for the same kind of reason? Yeah, I think a lot. I really do. And I think that they don't want to be the, the only team in town not winning, right? I think that that's a lot of pressure, especially in the city of Las Vegas where you know there's so much to do. Yeah, I mean, they, they've got that built-in fan base, but at one point, I mean, I know Mark Davis complained at the end of last season when, when the Chiefs were in town, half Allegiant Stadium was red. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you didn't see that at the Knights games. You didn't, right. <laughs> you know, right. yep. you, you don't get that at the Aces game, and, and granted, scale is a big difference between playing at Michelob and, and playing at Allegiant, but, I mean, I, I just, I just don't, I, I don't know. I mean, I, it's, at one point, are, are fans going to become kind of, well, like, this is just business as usual for the past few years? Yeah, I think, thank you, Bill, for that call. It's good stuff. I do think that there's an element of that. I really do, right? I think it'll become business as usual, and then it'll become just a business transaction. And you mentioned the last couple of games of the season last year. I'm not going to lie. Sitting in the press boxes, I'm looking around. I'm, I'm somewhat embarrassed, right, because it was red. The whole stadium was red. The last two games, both the 49ers and the Chiefs, and obviously the Raiders were already out of it. We knew that, but at the same time, man, you don't want to have you don't want to have that stadium looking like that. Especially, and Josh Jacobs has brought it up multiple times. It's a black stadium. Any other color is gonna pop, <laughs> and that red color definitely popped, right? And so it's just it's one of those scenarios where. They've got to become winners. There's always going to be fans that are going to go there. It's a destination location. Who doesn't want to be in Vegas, right? So it's always going to be something. But, man, you know, you've got to, you've got to find some way to win. And, and not only just win games, but make a deep run. You know, be a, a team that's, that's relevant and a team that people think, hey, this, this team could go all the way and win it, right? Two out of three teams have won it so far in Vegas. Two out of three professional teams. Raiders, you up next. It's, it's, it's on you. I think, I think there's a little bit of heat. That, that is, is, is put on, on them to, to get it done. And I think that the players, they see what's going on with the Aces and they see what's going on with the Knights. I think they want a part of that. I know damn well Max Crosby wants a part of that. I'm sure he's watching from a distance like, man, what it would be like. Have you ever just sat back and imagined something? Like, I do it all the time. I, I, I've dreamed about things and just, oh, man, how would it be if I was doing this or doing that? I'm sure some of those players are like, man, while, while, while Mark Stone has that Stanley Cup above his head and he's skating around the rink, I'm sure that a guy like Max Crosby is thinking, I would love to have that Lombardi in my hand and running around the field with that up in my hand as a champion. I have no doubt that a guy like Max Crosby, because that's how he's built. He, he's cut like that, right? That's, that's the kind of guy that he is. 702-365-9200. Let's talk to our good friend, Juan the Smasher. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, Juan? What's up, Q? What's going on? Uh, man, you know I'm chilling. What's up with you? I know that's right. I'm right here trying to get it. 
You know what I'm saying? <laughs> get it, brother, get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if them Raiders win that, that Super Bowl, like how them Knights, and congratulations to them of Golden Knights. You know, they did their thing. And and my I'll take my hat off to all those guys because they deserve it. But if them Raiders won that, that Super Bowl, I'll lose my mind like crazy uncle on Friday when he jumped in the Joker's backyard. He's like, what you doing here? I lost my mind. I did the same thing, Q. I'm going to do the same thing. I, I, I wouldn't know how to act. I'll be out there screaming and yelling them Raiders and losing my voice. But, man, I'll be so happy because i never seen them win a damn thing. All right, right. Q, and thank you for everything you do. And uh, let's go, Raiders. There you go. Hey, great call. Great call. And I, I ain't going to lie to you, man. I like to keep it as professional as possible. I like to think that I got a pretty good handle on emotions and everything, but I probably lose my mind a little bit as well, right, just because it's been such a long time coming. And I know what this organization meant to me even as a, as a young dude. Right. When a lot of my friends were 49er fans and they went left and I went right. You know, what I mean, like I just knew that it was something about the silver and black that I was rocking with that I wasn't rocking with them. So, yeah, man, a championship to me, I, I know that, like I said, I'm going to keep it professional. I'm going to do what I got to do as far as my job goes. But, man, it'd be pretty damn exciting. It really would be just because, again, we've always heard all the stories. We've told the stories ourselves of the greatness of the Raiders, right? We, we have the great players on all the time. Van McElroy, good friend of the show. Uh, Lester Hayes, good friend of the show, right? We've had Marcus Allen, Tim Brown on the show multiple times. The greats, right? We've had those guys on the show. So we know, we know what it could look like. We just want to see it and, and, and get a taste of it ourselves. Like, I'm so happy for Golden Knight fans, like the diehards, all the people that are walking around the radio station that have all their Golden Knight gear on. I was listening to stories today, and this has kind of inspired the conversation as well. I was listening to a conversation today that my guy Demo Dave, who's our production guy, he was having with our dude Craig in productions and are in promotions, excuse me, and they were talking about uh, when the Misfits came out, they, they started getting tears, right? They started getting some tears in their eyes. Like they got a little bit emotional, and I was like, man, that's awesome. Like how, how, how great is that for them to be able to – you know, walk around the halls and, and have been here the whole time that the Golden Knights have been around. And for that to get to that point where they're able to get emotional, I think that that's awesome. I really do. And so another reason I, I wanted to bring the question to the table about how you'd feel if the Raiders won a championship. Jim from Yonkers hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r The coaching needs to improve for the Raiders. Our offensive line coach may be the best coach on the staff. The coaching has to be better from the top to the bottom. When you win like the Aces and Knights, they come to the games expecting to win. The Raiders need to get it to that level. You get there by stopping with the excuses. A Raider Super Bowl would be awesome, but it's not the same as when I was a kid. I'd be happy for all the kids who are Raider fans because I remember our first Super Bowl. I was eight, and it was amazing. Thanks for a great show. That's Jim from Yonkers. That's awesome. I, I, I don't, and, and, you know, maybe because you've, you've been there, done that already, and like you said, you, were, you remember the first Super Bowl. Maybe that's why it wouldn't be the same as, as the first one. But I guess for me, it would be, it'd be something special. Because, I, I mean, again, I was seven when they won their last Super Bowl. So, so I'm not going to lie. Like, I was super invested in the Raiders then. I mean, I just I was still outside playing tag, right? You know, or, or playing some, something in the street, waiting until my mom said, Boy, come in! The lights, the street lights on! What are you doing outside? You know you're supposed to get your tail in by the time the lights on. What are you doing? All right, Mama, here I come. Like, that's what I was doing at that time. I was hoping she was distracted watching the game while I could be outside a little bit longer. That's, I mean, that's, that's what I was doing at seven years old. But that's just me, right? I, I know that there's others that, you know, were fully invested from, 
you know, from super, super young, and that's awesome. So, uh, yeah, I'd be happy for all of Raider Nation if the Raiders were able to hoist a Lombardi and get their fourth one in franchise history. 3.55 is the time. We'll come back, kick off hour number three of the show. Cam Rogers from the Believe Podcast Network will join us to talk a little golf, a little U.S. Open action. It's Raider Nation Radio 920.